Where are you cowboys and cowgirls at? Hey everybody, this is Dan Hillenbrand and welcome to Modern Cowboy, the podcast for the cowboy lifestyles and businesses around the world. I'm glad you're here, so sit back in your saddle and prepare to be inspired, motivated, educated, and entertained as I interview a new guest each week that embodies the modern cowboy. Hey everybody, welcome to the Modern Cowboy Podcast today. Uh, I've got a, uh, a really super cool guest and I'm excited to talk to you today. I, I don't know uh, him personally, but... Uh, I've seen some of his work on uh, social media, and uh, I'm just uh, excited to talk to him and just uh, hear his story and, and learn about all he's doing out there in Florida. But uh, first, I uh, just want to uh, give a little shout-out to uh, Swiffers, okay? I, I talked about this before a little bit, and I'm not sponsored by Swiffer, but all I all I can say is I discovered them recently, and they're amazing, okay? I'm kind of a clean freak a little bit, but if you haven't used a Swiffer yet, got to get one. I laughed at them when I saw commercials before, and then I finally used one, and especially for my dog. Sheds a lot around the house, easy to clean it up. Um, anyway, if you got a life, you got to have a Swiffer, so shout out to Swiffer. Um, so, hey, so I've I've got uh, Trapper Mike on the phone, the Python Cowboy out of Florida, and uh, he's going to tell us uh, what he's doing out there, wrangling all these uh, invasive species of animals, uh, uh, in in clearing them out of our out of our Everglades, um, I've, I've I I taught hunter education myself for for five years, and and uh, I know uh, you know a little bit about conservation and preservation and uh, wildlife management, and uh, a lot of people are completely misinformed about hunting and uh, what true wildlife management is. And uh, I think uh, Mike here is just a perfect example of somebody that's actually doing something about it and has created a created a, a a business and 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 uh anyway i'm gonna let him tell us about it because i don't know his whole story but uh mike uh welcome to uh modern cowboy podcast yes sir yes sir thank you very much good afternoon pleasure to be here yeah so you're you're in florida what part of florida are you in um well i i live in indian town florida myself um but uh, probably the majority of work that you've seen on the internet, social media, is down in the Everglades, uh, hunting and removing pythons. And so, you, you've got the uh, the moniker Python Cowboy, which I think is just so cool. Number one, um, and uh, there's so much I want to talk to you about. Uh, but how did you get started in this? What what got you what got you going with this? Well, um, you know, I've, I've been dealing with wildlife my, my entire life, basically, um, you know, hunting and trapping as younger and everything like that. Um, as a kid, I was always fascinated by reptiles, and snakes and everything. Um, actually, 10 years old, I, I was breeding and selling chameleons. And uh, it's just kind of always been a passion of mine. Um, I did a lot of FWC alligator uh, nuisance removals. When I was 15 years old, and uh, that kind of ushered me into, you know, trapping and remove, removal world. Uh, and how I got started in the Python program specifically is uh, FWC actually suggested that I apply for it. They, you know, they knew it was coming up, and and uh, thankfully they they chose me, and I got in. Now, uh, FWC, that's is that the Florida Wildlife Commission? Is that what that is? Yes, sir. It is. Okay. And, you know, 
so now, so you're you're actually licensed by the state. You're a, a licensed state trapper. Yes, sir. Okay, and I know that uh, pythons is is you know one of the big things, uh, pun intended, there that that you do. But I know you 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 get other, uh, you know, animals and things too. Capture other things. Uh, just what's the biggest python you've got? Because I've seen some snakes on there, man. That I'm telling you that. It just scare me when I'm looking at them on on Instagram, and you you've got them by the tail wrapped around your neck. I mean, so what's the biggest one you've ever got so far? Uh, my, my biggest one so far um, has been just under 18 foot, and um, I'm actually waiting to uh, find out a final measurement on another snake. I'm getting ready to turn in here shortly, and I'm hoping that one might be a little bit bigger, but I don't know that yet. Yeah. There is uh there's a lot of big snakes down there and um you know it's it's always awesome being able to remove one of the big ones cuz they're usually big females they're usually you know getting ready to lay eggs or you know they're a potential breeder and it's it's a lot of native wildlife you save by by removing these big females. Yeah. And when we're talking about that, you know, some people today uh you know may not realize that you know pythons are not uh, you know, an, an indigenous species to, uh, you know, a- actually North America, I, I wouldn't think, correct? Yes, sir. Not at all. Um, so, yeah, they're from South, Southeast Asia, and um, they've basically ended up here through the exotic reptile trade. Um, you know, people, they'll get these pets, and they get huge, and they don't realize how much, you know, cost and time goes into handling a big a big snake housing a big snake um not even snakes all other reptiles as well and they'll release them out into the everglades it's a perfect habitat for them but what they don't think about is what they're doing to our native wildlife um you know that's played a big part in it um what a lot of people actually don't know is the real main cause for the burmese python epidemic that we're kind of having here aside from all the other exotic reptiles while they are why they are worse than the rest is just because there was a huge reptile breeding facility down in homestead and hurricane andrew came through and and damaged it or destroyed it in such a way where it released a lot of hatchlings and a lot of breeding pairs of burmese pythons directly into the everglades and that kind of started this perfect storm for the problem we have today we have all sorts of exotic reptiles out in the Everglades, but the Burmese python is what really has a stranglehold on it because they have a real breeding population. And as far as I'm concerned, I think there's over 100,000 of them out there. I, I was going to ask you, what what do they think the number is, you know, and uh, um, you're, you're, is, is that a general consensus that there's probably 100,000 snakes out there? Yes, sir. So, there, you know, it's hard to put a real number on it. Um, they don't really know. But, you know, you got to think I'm out there every week. I'm I'm deep in there. I'm the one seeing it, you know, myself and the other hunters. So, you know, I feel like our opinion is kind of bleeding in that in that sense. And we all agree that it's it's a serious number and probably over 100,000. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and so what I mean, realistically i mean how many other guys are hunting them one and then realistically what's it going to take to you know uh just get this this problem under control i mean is there a is there an end to it that's the thing um 
you know, it's, there's, it's not an elimination effort that's unrealistic, you know, and anybody who tells you it isn't an elimination effort is probably lying to you. No. Um, it's, it's a management effort. That's, that's why I'm out there. I'm out there to keep this, this spread from, you know, reaching other areas and I'm out there to manage the Burmese python population in such a way where our native wildlife can have a fighting chance. Um, you know, there's 24 other state contracted hunters under the program I'm in. Um, I would say out of those 24 hunters, there's probably, you know, 12 or 13 guys and, and a woman actually that are out there in the thick of it every week catching pythons, you know, really, really putting a dent in it. Yeah. Yeah, that's it's it's just crazy. Now, you're when you're contracted with the state, you're you're contracted with them. You're not an employee, so you're not on their payroll. You you're the way that you get compensated is by whatever you capture. Is that correct? It, um, in a way, yes. Uh, that that is the majority of where we make our money. We do get paid minimum wage while we're out there on government district land. Okay. Um, but as far as you know. That just covers our gas. I, I drive an F-250, you yeah. know, <laughs> that's easily what I spend a night in gas. So it's really where I make my money is in my catch, which is I, I get paid $25 a foot. Really? Yes, sir. Yeah. We have minimum wage is going to barely cover your fuel probably. <laughs> yeah. And so what I do to, to kind of supplement that is I, I make money every chance I can. So what I do is I turn in the Python to the state. They pay me $25 a foot. After they take their measurement, they take their weight. Sometimes they'll check stomach content. They mm -hmm. give the snake back to me right then and there. I then take the snake home. I butcher it. I skin it. And then I sell the meat and I sell the skin on the back end. What I get for the skin, um, if I sell it wholesale, it's anywhere from 10 to $15 a foot. If I'm selling it locally or, you know, to a private buyer, I get 20 to $30 a foot. Okay. And now when you skin them, you, do you skin them and then you, you tan it or cure it or you do the whole process or how, what do you do then? No, I don't. I've decided not to go that route. Um, it's kind of, it's more time put into it, not enough money out of it. Basically, um, right. I, I, a fellow Python hunter of mine is linked up with a. Uh, it's actually the people who tan for Gucci, and um, we bring all of our skins there, and they tan them for us if if we decide to get them tanned. Mm -hmm. And then um, he's actually working with a couple different people that are making Python products for us and different things like that. So we have wallets for sales, you know, all kinds of stuff for sale. And, um, then I'll sell it, you know, locally or ship it out. And those people themselves will usually have it tanned or, or there's a way to do it at home with like glycerin and different things like that. And it's not necessarily tanning it, making it leather. It's more or less preserving it and like making it, you know, kind of more taxidermy, right. um, which it'll last for a couple years and it's nice. Uh, but it's, it's not the true tannery bleached leather you know right right now you uh you, you said talked about some of the other exotics that are out there and i've seen some lizards i looked at one the other day and i mean it looked like a uh oh i, I galapagos island one of those giant you know uh, i can't remember what they're called even but that thing was komodo dragon yeah like a komodo dragon but this, that thing you had was prehistoric looking is that something that somebody 
just released out there and in, in uh, um are you talking about one of the iguanas i captured yeah i think it's an iguana it looked like it was like part purple and it was orange yeah orange there you go yes sir yeah um so the iguanas down here are a big problem as well um and it, it's another thing where they're totally out of control they're eating all the native vegetation and they're actually they undermine seawalls and foundations of people's homes Oh. Um, so I trap them and I remove them alive and then I actually, I, I butcher them and I sell their meat and skin as well. They're actually surprisingly very, very delicious. Really? And so people eat, people eat the python meat too, huh? Yeah, the people do eat the python meat. The thing about the python meat though is it's very high in mercury. Um, and it's not something you want to consume regularly every day. It's more of something just to try. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I try to make as much meat, the use of the meat as I can, but it's it, sometimes it's hard getting people to buy it. Yeah. And, and, and why is it high in mercury? Is it naturally high in mercury or is this from the, the, this is from the Everglades itself. Um, so I don't know, we, we have a couple ecological issues down here. Um, one has to do with our farm and, and just agricultural runoff. And just also from, you know, we have a, high growing population down here there's actually way too many people down here that we can really support and it's it's affecting it's affecting our ecosystem um our everglades is they're always trying to manage the water and and on top of that they're pumping dirty uh fertilizer filled water with all kind of different nutrients and and it's there's mercury in the water um the yeah. fish absorb and eat, eat it the alligators eat the fish, the pythons, you know, eat alligators and all that kind of stuff. And it, it yeah. goes down the food chain, you know? So yeah, the uh, pythons specifically are very high. Gators are notoriously high in mercury south of the, uh, of Lake Okeechobee, but the pythons are even, even higher. I believe they're about double. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that just brings to mind too, the, how important the work that you you're doing, you know, I mean, someone on the outside that doesn't understand this and doesn't really uh, grasp, you know, uh, the gravity of the situation, or even really understand conservation and preservation, they could look at your social media feed and go, "This guy just looks like a wild man out here, you know, killing all these snakes and doing all this." You know, absolutely. I I, have, I get it all the time. Yeah, but the fact of the matter is, is you're doing more to help those Everglades than any of these other, you know, sign toting protesting. And I don't like to go off on a tangent on that, but it, but it really irks me because people are just misinformed and they just don't understand. And it's, it's, it's something that uh, I think absolutely is cr critically important, especially nowadays with, you know, uh, again, I'm not, I don't want to run down a rabbit hole, but I, I, I just want to, you know, make that point that this is a extremely serious matter. And, and the, the fact that you're down there doing it is, uh, it's just commendable and noble because, I mean, I don't know too many people that want to just jump in that the Everglades with snakes, <laughs> alligators, uh, iguanas the size of, you know, uh, large dogs. Um, and speaking of yes, that, sir. what what other what other are there other poisonous, you know, snakes and things there? I'm I mean, forgive my ignorance, but, uh, you know, are there sure, yeah, there there is. And I, I appreciate you bringing up that point because that, that is a very you know, that's real important to me is, you know, I get a, I get a lot of backlash for different things, just not even pythons being a, a trapper and hunter in South Florida, period. Right. And a lot of people don't understand it. That's real conservation. That's yeah. real conservation. And and it doesn't cost tax. You know what I mean? It's 
it's really out there making real use of money and it, it's, you know, I'm trying to help. I'm not just out there trying to kill everything. Absolutely. But, um, yeah, so th- there, there is venomous snakes out there. There's water moccasins, rattlesnakes, coral snakes. Um, you know, you have pythons, you have all kinds of different exotics, tegus, monitors, you know, there's even anacondas out there. There's, there's everything out there. And it's definitely something you got to be aware of. And it's, you know, you got to keep your sense about you. And it, it, it's something you kind of got to just kind of have an instinct for. Uh, you just, you know, you could teach somebody everything to know about out there and you throw them out there and, and they're not going to function. You know what I mean? It's right. It takes, you get, you got to be used to the outdoors and uh, you know, we say that, you know, there's venomous snakes and all that, but that's, that's really not what you got to worry about out there. You know, um, you got to worry about breaking down. You got to worry about having water, food. I go out there for three or four days at a time and sleep out there and, you know, you can get yourself in trouble. Uh, just actually a few months ago, I broke down on my airboat out in the middle of the Everglades and I had to, in the middle of the night, swim eight hours back to a levee to get to my truck because i i was i'd be stuck in the everglades and no one would find me so you know there's (laughs) real dangers out there besides venomous snakes and things like that that people don't think about um you know we're out there cruising levees all night uh i'll be hunting for 12 hours straight driving my truck and if i start to doze off i could easily drive off that levee and you know that's that's the end of it yeah. So, uh, you know, you definitely got to be on your toes and pay attention out there. Yes, sir. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm watching right now on, um, on, on one of my screens. You just walked out of an embankment down in a, uh, a marsh there in the Everglades with a, I mean, a very uh, active snake. I don't know how long that thing is. Uh, oh, you're pulling them right out of the water. I mean, I'm just looking at it going, it's like croc- crocodile Dundee stuff, man. I mean, it's, it's about as Western as it gets. And it's so cool too. I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna digress a little bit here. And you're coming out. You got a pistol on your side. You know, you got your headlamp on. It, <laughs> it's just it's just so cool. So the, the one the one thing I I gotta know is, I mean, has anybody approached you to do a, a show yet? You know, like on, you know, Nat Geo Wild or anything, or you know, have a running show, the Python Cowboy. I mean, I I just I just think that would be like a huge hit. Yeah. Yes. I've had, um, definitely I've been approached by, uh, a couple of different TV producers. Um, and you know, they, they want me to sign different contracts and things like that. I, I, I have had no reason to really sign a contract yet. Um, there is a little talk now with maybe something with A&E or discovery channel with, uh, me and another guy, uh, wild man is actually his name, Dustin Crum. And, um, you know, so, Maybe we'll see. It's it's not something I'm focusing on. I, my real focus is just, you know, taking care of the pythons and and native wildlife in South Florida. But I'm I'm open to it. Yeah. Yeah. Um. The the what was that? What was your uh your um colleague's name? You said it was that the Wild Man. You said. Y- yes, sir. Wild Man, Dustin Crumb. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you guys, there's a picture. Of you guys here. I'm looking at it right now. I've looked at it before too. You guys have a snake draped across your neck and i mean i don't know if that's the largest one you guys have caught if it, it, it looks like it's four it looks like it's 40 feet long but um <laughs> yeah not quite that big i wish yeah uh, the thing is huge though man and uh, uh so now do you you do I think that one was a little over 17 foot no kidding and 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 how what the diameter at the fattest spot how how, how big is the biggest diameter on some of the on that one um well 
it, I, I couldn't tell you on that one specifically, but you know, we've cleaned snakes that they're well over two feet wide. Oh man. That's, you great. know, so they, yeah, they're, they're big. Yes, sir. Yeah. So now do you capture, um, uh, do you capture them all live? Some live, some you shoot, some you trap. I mean, how, how does that work? So basically I capture each snake depending on what the, what the safest scenario for me securing that snake is. The last thing I want is to lose an invasive species out in the Everglades and also lose a paycheck out in the Everglades. So whatever it is, I make sure I'm securing that snake. And 99% of the time, it's me capturing it live by bare hands. No kidding. Yes, sir. Um, there's too much that can go wrong with trying to shoot a snake, especially when your kill spot is smaller than a dime. Right. And, you know, they're, it's, they're very hard, hardy snakes. They're tough as hell. I mean, incredibly tough. I, I've ran over one with my, I have a big F-250 with a big old service bed on the back. It ain't a light truck. Right. I, it, this thing was only nine or 10 foot, which to me is a smaller python. And I ran over it full way. I actually stopped on top of it. I didn't mean to. It was a total accident. Right. And I, when I realized I ran over it, I stopped my truck, which I stopped on and quickly reversed off of it. After I did that, I mean, I jumped out the truck to fight this thing, and it's, it's like nothing that ever happened to it. Ready to go, full on fighting me. I, I, ha I had to shoot it in the head the next day, you know what I mean? Because it's, it's a perfectly fine. It didn't even hurt it. So these snakes are tough as nails. And some of the other hunters in the program, they've come across a really big snake and they didn't feel confident grabbing it by hand. So they went to go shoot it and they turned out losing the snake. And that's not something I'm, I'm going to let happen. You know what I mean? So that's why I, I tend to always grab them live by hand. Yeah. So that's the one thing I, I, I was wondering, I, I don't ever see you wear gloves and people think that snakes are, you know, um, slimy and I see you grabbing them with your bare hands, especially a big one like that. Is, is it like super hard to hang on to them or what's that like? Well, yeah. So when, when they're wet and in the water, they can be a little bit slippery. Um, that's why I'll usually grab them and right away, try to get them up on the bank. Um, they, the water beats off of them pretty well. So, you know, once I can get a good grab on their tail, uh, it's, I'm, I'm usually good. Uh, you know, some of the bigger ones, they, they do give me a little bit run for my money. You know, it's a good fight. Um, sometimes it's 30 minutes, 45 minutes, me fighting this thing, trying to get in the bag, but, um, I, I've never lost a snake. So no kidding. And so, um, yes, sir. You, so you got, you got to put them in the bag. Have you ever been bit? I mean, I know that these snakes can bite, correct? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I've been, uh, I've been bit plenty of times and, uh, it's, it's something serious. Uh, it's not just like a little snake bite. These, these snakes, how their mouths and teeth are, are, you know, designed is to grab and hold on. It's like a steel trap. Their teeth are recurved. They're like fish hooks and they are sharper than any tooth I've ever come across in my life. If, the, if these teeth just barely touch you or run across your skin, it slices it right open like a razor blade. It's amazing. And, and I don't know what it is. They just, they, they puncture so deep. They're like needles and they go right in your muscle. And it is, it's one of the most painful bites. They don't have a real strong pressure when they bite, but it, it's the teeth just slide in like butter and, and they're hooked in there. 
and a lot of times the teeth will actually break off in your arm or wherever oh. they bite you oh. and and it's it's a bitch it is <laughs> yeah yeah and and so and what about uh, i mean uh, uh infections and stuff i mean do they have any types of bacteria in their mouths you know i know like i know like yeah yeah so I carry a first aid kit with me and I always clean everything out just to be safe, especially because I am out there for days at a time. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, their mouth isn't the cleanest, but it's not, I don't think it's, you know, real disgusting, like, you know, a Komodo dragon or something like that, or, you know, right. some other animals that eat a lot of dead prey, anything they eat is alive. They won't eat anything dead. Okay. Yeah. Now, now, back to your point about being out there. I mean, because that's just – do you swam eight hours to get to a bank because you broke down out there is – and at night, of all things, is is just crazy. I'll, I'll, be, I'll be totally honest with you. That was the hardest thing I've ever had to do in my life, I think. Oh, I can imagine. I, I, it, I, it really was. Yeah. Um, so you, do you have – I mean, I don't know if you get cell coverage out there or do you have a, a satellite phone or anything for emergencies or do you have uh, one of these uh, – one of the spot deals for, you know, um, a transponder? So I, yeah, I use, I use a Garmin GPS, a little handheld. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, um, yeah, it's pretty crucial out there. Um, at, at one point, actually, that, that night specifically, my, my Garmin died on me. But oh. I was able – luckily, it got me to a point where I had a little bit of reception. Right. Um, and so, you know, I'd say about an hour or two, I was going straight by phone. And at one point, I was probably about 20, 30 minutes walking parallel with the levee, and I had no idea. And I was, I think, <laughs> 20 feet away from being outside of the swamp onto the levee where I was trying to be. And it's because I, I lost cell phone reception for a little bit. And then it finally came back on, and I realized, like, Oh my God, you know, I could be doing this the whole night and have no idea. Oh man. Yeah. That's crazy. That is crazy. <laughs> so you, the other thing that, 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 you know, I just, you know, love about, uh, you know, what you're doing too. Uh, again, back to the name Python Cowboy. I just, I love that to no end. Um, <laughs> You know your photos and stuff, and you just your whole uh, you know persona and your your character and everything is is just so fitting. It's just I just love it. And the other thing I love though, because I'm I'm I love guns, I love firearms, um, you know I love knives and stuff, and I like to see you know when you're posting your guns and stuff. Um, do you what animals do you you know dispatch on the spot? Um, you know, or, or do you, or do you use them mostly just for, uh, you know, uh, um, fence out there? How's that work? Yeah. So, uh, I have, I have a couple suppressors I use, which are one of my most crucial tools in my arsenal, um, for, you know, not necessarily for the pythons, but for all the other work I do as far as, uh, coyotes, uh, hog, um, even deer, you know, uh, different things like that, that I do. Um, it's crucial, you know, I'll go out there, ranchers will call me farmers and they have problems with deer, hog, coyote, you know, wrecking their land, tearing up their land, eating their livestock, whatever. I'll go out there. I have uh, thermal and night vision I use, and then I have my suppressors and, and it'll, it'll allow me to take out, you know, multiple nuisance animals at a time in one sitting being quiet, I can do it, you know, sometimes I can get permission within city limits because it's suppressed, 
and different things like that. So, you know, it opens a lot of doors for me that I wouldn't be able to go through if I was just firing with a loud gun out here, you know, sort of thing. Right. Yeah, absolutely. As far as, far as your question about um, what animals I dispatch and all that, um, it kind of all depends on the scenario. A lot of times for the pythons, because I'll be out there for days at a time, after I catch them, I'll bag them alive and I'll store them in a special custom container in my bed that I lock them in, mm-hmm. inside of a bag as well. And mm-hmm. then before I leave the Everglades for the week, I'll dispatch them and then I'll bring them immediately to the check-in station. That way I don't have to worry about keeping dead snakes fresh on ice and everything like that. Gotcha. Gotcha. And, you know, in terms of this, the, those snakes uh, in their, in their eating patterns, um, wh- how much, how much do those snakes eat? You know, the big ones are, and, and, and what doll do they eat? Do they eat pretty much everything? Yeah. So um, right now they've eaten everything. It seems like there's, there's no small mammals. There's no squirrels. There's no rabbits. There's no raccoons, possums, et cetera. It's all gone. They've eaten it all. So what I've been seeing is them eating a lot of gators. Actually, three times within the last year, I've come across them eating an alligator. Um, The most recent one I actually got on video, and it was on the news and everything like that. Um, And it's they can eat, you know, a lot. They can eat over 100% of their body weight, which is like unheard of in the animal kingdom. Um, A snake two years ago was found with three deer in it. Oh man. And it's just, it's crazy. You know, it's, they're, they're really a destructive animal. I love snakes. I love pythons. They're beautiful, but we don't want them here. They're, they're eating their way through the state. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable. Um, so, and, and how'd you get the name Python cowboy anyway? Did you, did you, you know, just name yourself that, uh, or, Someone give it to you. Know, you. Uh, so actually, Wild Man started calling me that, and I, it just kind of stuck. And uh, <laughs> all my buddies started calling me it, and I just I ran with it, I guess. Yeah, yeah, it's very cool. Well, and I know you know you dress, you know, Western. I see you wearing, uh, you know, uh, I don't know if those are Ariats you got on, and some of those pictures or what boots yes, you wear. Sir. Is that what they are, Ariats? Yes, sir, Ariats. Yeah, and now do you uh, are you are you into you know? the rodeo world at all or have you been or do you have horses or anything or just more like country boy hunting kind of guy or uh yeah i'm not really in a rodeo or anything like that i do a lot of work out on ranches and and stuff like that so you know i'm i'm in it somewhat but i you know i wouldn't say i'm i ain't a bull rider or nothing like that <laughs> you know yeah. what i mean yeah well i'm not either but uh but yeah so be, <laughs> you're you're you know you're doing the you're you're a modern day uh you know bounty hunter that's for sure and and doing yes sir very very important work and uh i just think uh i just think it's uh so cool i don't know if i've ever seen you with a picture of a cowboy hat on but you, you um you're gonna have to get a cowboy hat at least go with that with that python <laughs> i will yeah. I got one at the house. I'll have to dust her off and throw her on. Yes, sir. Absolutely, man. So, um, what, uh, so you, is your favorite boot brand area? Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, you got any favorite, uh, cowboy movies or favorite movies? I'm not really a big movie guy, to be honest with you. Um, I, I don't watch a whole lot of movies. Don't watch a whole lot of TV. Um, I'm, I'm a big country music fan. Oh, are you? Okay. Who, who's, who's, uh, who, who do you like? Country uh, music. I like 
steel drivers a lot uh tyler childers you know as far as newer stuff of course i like you know hank and everything like that yeah yeah well yeah you're not watching a lot of movies and stuff because you're out there in the glades uh you know yes sir uh, i don't don't have cable in my house (laughs) oh no kidding i live out in the sticks yes sir yeah. And I don't know the, the geography. I don't know geography very well anyway, you know, but, but in Florida, so in the Everglades, just, you know, give me an idea, you know, where, where you're at geographically, you know, with the. the okay. The um, so, so basically the Everglades starts, um, I guess technically it starts in the Kissimmee chain of lakes, but um, you know, it, generally when people hear the Everglades, they think of South of Lake Okeechobee. Mm-hmm. So basically you have Lake Okeechobee, which is, in my opinion, the kind of start of it, you know, Kissimmee Lakes, Okeechobee right there. It flows down um, through Bell Glade and, and all that area, which is U.S. sugar and everything like that. And then then it enters um, area two, area three. And that's all kind of the start of the real Everglades Conservancy area. And then from there at the kind of tip of, tip of Florida is the actual national Everglades park. Okay. Yeah. And, 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 and so in relation to there, I'm in Indian town, which is off a little bit to the um, east of Lake Okeechobee. So I'm kind of right there, I guess, at the start of the Everglades. Um, so I've kind of grew up hunting Lake Okeechobee area and, and down, down a little further. Okay. And, and how, how big of area, just a general idea, what's the, how big of area is the Everglades itself? The Everglades originally, I believe, was three or four million acres. I think it's now down to a million or two acres. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's crazy. Crazy, crazy. Yes, sir. Um, so now you, you, you mentioned that you do have an airboat, which is something I've always wanted to ride on. Uh, so if, if if I come down to Florida, um, I'm gonna absolutely. I'm gonna I'm gonna hit you up for a, for a ride on that thing. Hundred um, percent. That's I I just I just think it's uh I think it's just great what you're doing, man, and uh, I think it's very cool. You know the way that you're, uh, you know that you uh, are putting it on social media, you know, and 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 showing people. And again, uh, it it's it's not this. Uh, this thing where you're just trying to go, Hey, look at me, I'm out here, you know, taking out all these animals. This is true, uh, conservation. Yes, sir. Absolutely. True conservation, true preservation. And it's extremely important work that, that people aren't just, uh, you know, lining up fast to go do. And, uh, so I'm just, I'm, I'm really glad. I appreciate that. Yes, sir. Yeah. I'm really glad you came on and were able to, you know, give us more insight into what you do. And, and I'm, I, I'll tell you, I, I look for, I look for your show on A&E or discovery or something <laughs> not too distant future because I think you've got a, uh, you know, just a great format here and, and an important thing for people to, Thank you. to, to learn, man. So. I appreciate that very much, sir. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And it, you know, it, it is important to me that like you said, you know, the social media and doing things like this, cause it's easier to, to misunderstand what we're doing. And, and a lot of people don't realize what's going on down here and it, it, it is important and, you know, it is interesting. And I, I feel like, you know, it's, it's something I want to get out there. Yeah, absolutely. 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 Yeah. Well, we're going to put this out and, and, uh, you know, just keep supporting you and, and get more and more people to support you and, and, uh, just look forward to, you know, what you got down the road and, 
And uh, I'm, I'm serious about that airboat ride. I, I really, I'd really like to do that, especially in the Everglades. We, we, can listen awesome. to some, we can listen to some John Anderson while we're, while we're rolling on it. Now we're talking. Yes, <laughs> yeah. sir. <laughs> yeah, Seminole wind. Very cool. Yes, sir. Well, hey, Mike, hey, man, I really appreciate you coming on um, and uh, just, you know, look forward to seeing more of your stuff and, and, and seeing where you go with it. And, uh, and uh, thanks, for, thanks for, for doing, doing the work you do, man. It's, uh, it's Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. You bet. And then we'll be in touch and uh, we'll take that uh, airboat ride. <laughs> Sounds good. All right, man. Take care. That's for Bye. Every Friday afternoon, I hitch up the trailer. Saddle up old rock and ice down a cooler. I drive that old back road until it ends. And the rope and pin. We got them rusted out pickups and fancy rigs. $20,000 horses, then there's my own stick. Although we're all the same, the minute we ride in to the rope and pin. Tell a few lies Kick back in the saddle And philosophize Most of life's problems Yeah, we're gonna solve them Down at the roping pen Yeah, we don't do it for the money Yeah, we're always broke just ask Clint what he paid a rope. Now he's lost a dozen wives, half the fingers on his hands to the rope and pin. And it takes a little skill and a little luck. If you can talk smack, you can back it up. Oh, but we're all friends, no matter who wins, down at the rope and pin. Turn another pin of steers, tell a few more lies. Drink another beer and hypothesize most of life's problems. By God, we're gonna solve them down at the roping pen. We'll see y'all again next weekend down at the roping pen. Down.